Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. So good. Um, we've been in this whole... Se- oh, by the way, hi. Hi. If we ever met before, my name's Graham. I whacked my tooth before on the microphone. Your big, your little toe on my big tooth. It's not good. Pray for us. <laughs> so, um, uh, my name's Graham, and uh, you're at Annisbrook. Enough said. Okay, we're in the series uh, called The Spirit. And man, has anyone just left your hand if you just really have been enjoying? Evan and Renee. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, how are ya? Oh, sorry. I'll do that in a minute. So good to see you guys. Um, sorry, did I give someone a fright? You don't know the book of Evan and Renee? It's like, what was that? Were you calling a scripture? Um, Evan and Renee have actually, they live in Christchurch, must be on holiday or shifting back. Anyway, um, so, no. <laughs> anyway, but these guys here are absolute heroes and have uh, for years and years sewed into Annersbrook, um, served and served and served. I don't know how long, we, how long were you on youth for, you guys? 32 years, yep. And so, like literally years and years and uh, love you guys so much. It's so nice to see your face. Um, we've been in this whole series called The Spirit. Lift your hand if you have enjoyed this series. Just give some love, show some love. Okay, it's been really good. And really where it started to come out of was this idea in John 14 where Jesus said, hey, everybody, you know, like the context of the verse was the disciples, Mark and Di, did I see you in Pahara biking through yesterday? Was that you guys? Was that you? Were you biking? Oh, yeah, and your high-vis. High-vis works, doesn't it? I saw you there. I was driving through and I thought, Mark and Di. Okay, was it just Mark? So, okay, anyway, it wasn't. All right, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Anyway, Jesus says, um, hey, if you want to shout out, just wait a few minutes, it's going to come. Nathan Jeffries, how you doing, mate? Hey? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, sorry. But the, uh, Jesus said this. He said to his disciples, hey, and, and the context is he's going to the cross and it's going to be interesting times. And, and he, was, he wasn't going to stick around. He's going to be resurrected, but he's going to ascend to the Father. So he says, I'm going to give you an advocate, which means a helper. Basically, it meant, it meant you're not going to feel like orphans. You're not going to feel alone. A lot of Christians feel alone and shouldn't. A lot of Christians feel alone and shouldn't. An orphan is just someone who doesn't have a heritage or an upline, origins, doesn't feel a connection. A lot of Christians, they have this idea of God, but God doesn't want to be called God by you forever. He wants you to get to the point where like Jesus did, he called him Abba Father. Did you hear that today? Did you hear it at the back? God doesn't, he doesn't just want you to call him God like some foreign object. Because a lot of people have a lot of gods. He actually wants you to come to the point where through the work of the cross, you can say the same words, Abba, Father. I've, got a, I've finally found my spiritual roots. I feel like I belong. A lot of Christians walk around like they don't belong and they do. And a lot of Christians walk around like they're not rich and they are. You have been seated in heavenly places. You as a Christian get to live in two worlds. Did you know that? You get to live here on earth with your feet on earth. So some people don't have their feet on earth and they're not much use. But the problem is, you're also meant to have your head and your heart full of heaven. And in Ephesians, it says you are, you're seated in heavenly places. So you get this weird dichotomy, this paradoxical existence that you, you live in the now and that's why you've got to pray your kingdom come, but you also live somehow 
in the holy place, boldly you enter in and it's a pretty special thing you've got. And a lot of people live bankrupt, Christians live bankrupt when you're actually, you're the Bill Gates of heaven. You can't mention his name now, can you? There's too many conspiracies. Anyway, so, that, so Jesus said, I'm going to give you an advocate and I'm going to give you a helper. And so, you know, we're Christians trying to do Christian stuff without the Christian engine on the inside. That's called religion. When you're trying to do stuff that you think equals Christianity, that's the great, that's the great trick of the enemy. If, if I could just look like I am semi-Christian, even on a Sunday, that's going to appease something in myself or of God, and it doesn't appease anything. It makes things way worse. The definition of being a hypocrite, by the way, isn't just that your life doesn't live up. What it is, is that you're not honest. The definition of being a hypocrite is I'm not honest. I'm just not honest about my weaknesses. I'm not honest about where I'm at. And I don't honestly know that the Holy Spirit is here living on the inside of me to help me. So, and, and we've talked about it, haven't we, through the series that the reason why people don't embrace the person of the Holy Spirit, you know, at least a good third of God, isn't he? That's not very theological, but I mean, it kind of works. The reason why is because they've been weirded out by him. So I'm gonna talk about a really weird subject then this morning, just so we can really go there, okay? I really wanna talk about this because I don't, I just honestly, this is how I feel. And I, I'm happy to have a convo with you later if it, if it um, gets up your goat. But I, I, I really feel like um, there's a special, special gift in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a number of them, nine, special gifts that the Holy Spirit comes and brings to us. And he brings, just like if you walk into a room, you'll bring a giftedness. The Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, when you invite him in, he's gonna bring things into your life. And so in Acts chapter one and two, um, particularly two, it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Uh, uh, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them and came to rest on each of them. And they were, all of them, all of them, not a couple of crazy passionate ones, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Um, that, that phrase, another other tongues, can also be translated as another language. I wanna talk about a heavenly language for a minute, just for a bit today, because I think some of us may have never heard about it. Some of us may have forgotten about it. Some of us just might be, like Bick was kind of saying, you know, a little bit familiar today, and I just wanna unfamiliarize ourselves, our whole selves, with this whole thing of a heavenly language. Um, if you read on, not only was the Holy Spirit enabling people to speak in other languages, a, a language they didn't understand, but people who were nearby this Holy Spirit being there, um, they swore they'd been drinking. Think about that. Have you been to a good party lately where some people were drinking? I don't know why, but they thought that the Holy Spirit was like that. Like, what was it? What was going on? Was it a bit rowdy? Was it a little bit like, was it a bit of frivolity? Good you say, good word, frivolity. I dare someone to use it this week. Frivolity. Frivolous. Frivolously frivolous. No, I'm, I'm lost. I, I tried, but I couldn't. What was it? Was there a sound of um, laughter? Many of our churches don't sound like people are drinking anymore. They sound like they've been sucking on lemons. I don't like that song. Well, oh, not that one again. Oh, I know. Not the ooh la la song, please. It's not, no one even knows what it means. I mean, not that, please don't speak on the Holy Spirit. Like, don't do that and don't do this. And, 
And so we're less, um, we're less um, similar to what people were like, oh, that was like a party. Your life is supposed to be like symbolic that something's going on, that you've been up to stuff. Now, not bad stuff, like you're, you're adult, like you can kind of get it, eh? But like stuff that, what, what happens when people do drink? They tend to get, they lose themselves a bit. I, f- I find too often in other churches that I go to, I won't say our church will make you feel bad, but I, I find that people are just so uptight. The last thing people are when they've been coronaring, no, what is it, um, you know, at a party, they, they just, so, they're not uptight, they're just relaxed. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God should make us, make us relax like Beck was saying and have peace, not be uptight. The Holy Spirit being active in our lives should, you should see some fruit, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, self-control, stuff like that. The, that, that. That's how you can tell. But one of the things that was going on too is they heard a, a weird language. In fact, people started coming inside because they could hear languages from their origins. Because this melting pot of, of where um, the early church were was a mixture of cultures. So they heard origins from indigenous languages and languages from where this group were from and that group, and they all come together and they started to hear their language. And some people were bewildered going, why are you speaking our language? And do you know what they were saying? Do you know what the language translator was? Lots of things, but one of them was the glorious wonder of God, the story of God in their own language. Some people were bewildered. Some people were skeptical. They were like sitting there, like you might be today going, oh, I don't know. I'll just wait for this sermon to be over, the series to be over, and it's all going to be good. We'll get back to some other stuff. But no matter what happened, no one was indifferent. No one was indifferent. I remember hearing actually this unusual language in my bathroom when I was about nine years old. So about Judah's age. I went in, it was on Wymere Road, 542 Wymere Road. That was where we lived. And uh, that was my brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love you. And um, I remember um, my dad was showering, walked into the bathroom, he's showering. And I'm just going to let you know, do you remember those shower curtains with the um, domes? Do you remember everyone had them? There was one of those up. So I couldn't see anything. It was just my dad in the shower. But I heard um, as I walked in the room this weird language, like real weird, nine years old, just through the shower curtain. It was kind of like Hebrews, wasn't it? Through the Holy of Holies and through the curtain. And like, seriously, it was like that. And I just, and I walk in and I go, Dad, what are you doing? So he's using this language. And he goes, oh, you know, whatever he's up to. Oh, I'm, I'm praising God. I'm like, oh. And I can't remember if I said I would love to do that or if he said, do you do, do you speak in this language? I don't remember that exactly, but I do remember what happened next. He said, I'm going to pray that you get this language. I was nine years old. So he's in the shower. The water's running, steam. No shower domes then, people. And um, (laughs) what is it? The wallpaper in the bathroom. Why do people put wallpaper? Hey, by the way, why do people put carpet and toilets back then too? Do you remember that? Jesus take the wheel, you know, that is not right. And so anyway, he's behind the shower. He's behind the veil. And he just says, Lord Jesus, I pray you give Graham the gift of tongues now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That was the prayer. Now I'm standing at the vanity. It's probably more like this when I was that age. I was standing at the vanity and uh, <laughs> still is, lol. And anyway, um, so there, there I am at the vanity and uh, I just, 
And dad says to me, this is what he says, and it's really key, very, very key to everyone listening now. He said, okay, off you go and give it a shot. Now I was nine. And about 100% of me just thought, I'll go do that. And then another 100% of me thought, that is weird. And this is not gonna go well. So I was, I was in that space. So I walk out of the bathroom and down the hall and I start to, I thought, I'm just gonna pick a word. You'll never believe what word it is I picked. It's actually quite a common experience. And I do think it relates back to Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, because I began to say banana, 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 banana. And I'm just saying this word, I'm, my mind is going, I'm saying banana. That's what my mind's doing. Hey, Rosina. I'm, I'm going, my, my, banana, 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 na. That's what I'm doing. And my mind is saying this, I'm, I am making this up. That's what I'm thinking. And then my next thought was, I'm going to focus on the na-na syllables. I don't know why I thought that. Na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na. And I'm thinking, this is not sounding like dad's language at all. Uh, but I just carried on with it. And then shortly after that, very, very interesting, but God began to do some things in my world, in my life, in services just like that. But there were no lights. There were no guitars. There was a piano and an organ, and I just began to weep in the presence of God. Same presence, by the way, that's here right now. My heart, God was drawing to himself. Over the next weeks and months, and about a year or so later, I began to develop a heavenly language. Yep, it took that long. Yep, it took practicing. Yep, it took getting through the barrier of the mind. It took me going, I'm making this up. To, but I want to speak in the heaven. What would make a nine-year-old, I'm, I'm sure I'd want to play Nintendo, not speak like that. A nine-year-old go into the bathroom and he wants to speak in this heavenly language. What is it about a heavenly language that would make a young kid go, I want that? No lights, no bells, no whistles. What would, that is the Holy Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit calling my spirit and calling your spirit today and saying, well, there's a dynamic. What happens when we pray in tongues? What goes on? First of all, Jesus, he actually prophesied it. Jesus said, and these signs will follow those who believe. In the book of John, over a hundred times the word believe is mentioned. Believing is a big part of your Christian walk and believing is a big part of you interacting with the Holy Spirit. You can't carve, got it, you've got believing and expect for bananas to be birthed into something great. You've got it, you've got to come believing. How's your believing today? And he went on to say, they will speak new tongues, with new tongues, a heavenly language. What's the point of it? The Apostle Paul, he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He began to speak about these varying different gifts. He began to explain that they had a, a really special place in our lives. Now about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. There's a lot of believers who are ignorant about this. You know that when you were pre-believers or pagans, some of you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. He's, he's calling it for what it is. You know, the idol of work or the idol of career or the idol of, I need someone in my life. I need someone in my life. And when you get them in your life, you're suddenly like, why are they in my life? You know, idols, just stuff. But he said, the Holy Spirit came to you and you were able to say, Jesus is Lord, paraphrased. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same Spirit who makes you, you know, if any person in this room gets to the point of going, Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my Saviour and I open my heart and life to Him, the Holy Spirit's been at work. Did you get that? 
If any person in this room got to that point, the Holy Spirit has been at work. There's no way to do it without His help. It says that. And there's different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service, but it's the same God who works in them all. Now listen, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, not just for your entertainment. To one, there's given the Spirit of the message of wisdom. To another, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of heavenly things by the same Spirit to another faith. Faith is a gift that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. You don't have to get faith on your own. If you do not have faith, you say, God, I don't have faith right now. And I, you say, come, Holy Spirit, come and bring me faith. And you wait on that gift and it will come. And there's other gifts as well, gifts of healing. There's people in this room, you're meant to have the gift of healing for sick people in this very local body, this church. If you don't activate that gift, some people may not get healed. Scary to think about that. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, and, and, and it goes on to say as well that others speaking in different kinds of languages. Now, later in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire these spiritual gifts. There should be a nine-year-old thing in you that goes, I want that, Father. I want to have faith. I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to walk in the things of God. If you have that, you want a really good thing. That's a good thing to want. And he goes on to say that he says, for anyone who speaks in a heavenly language does not speak to men, but to God. Okay. So anyone who prophesies speaks to man. But he goes on to say, for everyone who prophesies speaks to man for their strengthening, but he who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds up himself. So get that. You're speaking in a different heavenly language. You're speaking directly to God. And also, you are edifying or strengthening up who you are in God. So there's three things that are gonna happen when you pray in a heavenly language. You use a, speak in a heavenly language. The first thing is you're gonna, your spirit's gonna be strengthened. And that is a very much necessary thing today because we have a lot of soul stuff going on. And we've got a lot of body stuff going on. But many people are not, haven't never activated the spirit man in them. But, but Jude chapter one and verse 20 says this, but you, dear friends, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So saying, keep yourself that way in the love of God. So many people actually don't sense that love of God surrounding them because it's a spirit thing. It's not just a soul thing. The love of God is not a hallmark card that arrives to you on the day that you gave your life to Jesus. The love of God comes by the Spirit of God. It is the love of God entering your heart. But the spiritual things that go on in our lives, they're a little bit of a mystery. And in fact, it actually says that. In, in 1 Corinthians 14, this, this language, this tongue, no one understands it but him, for it is a mystery with your spirit. And the more that you mature in God, the more you've got to embrace mystery. The cognitive things. So the first thing is you get strengthened. The second thing that happens when you pray in this heavenly language is that you cut through the restraint of your mind. So I'm nine-year-old old thinking about bananas. But suddenly, a heavenly language comes to me and my mind, I wouldn't say it's bypassed, but I would say it's put in its rightful place. The mind should never be put on the throne. Are you with me this morning? Have we gone a bit deep? Your mind should never be put on the throne. Your mind should never be the thing that governs you ultimately. You should be renewed in your mind, the renewing of your mind to conform to become more like who God wants you to be on the inside, 
but it's activated out of your spirit. So that's the second thing that happens is it cuts through the restraints of your mind. It activates your spirit. And then the third thing that goes on is the spirit is dealing with topics and issues in your life that might be a mystery to you, but are not to God. Now, let me tell you a story to finish this up and explain why you must. Because Paul said, Paul literally said, let me just find the quote. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. That's uh, verse five. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And I would like to say this from an Annisbrook point of view, we would like every one of you speaking in tongues too. Because in life, life throws you mysteries. Doesn't it? Why is that happening? Why is that going on? What's going on there? Why am I feeling that? Why, why am I reacting like that? I've got this thing ahead and I don't know what to do. Mysteries, but there's a language that you can bypass the mystery and go to God while strengthening yourself. You go to God, strengthen yourself. So let me finish with the story. 2011, end of the year, uh, 12, excuse me, mid-year. Rebecca finds a lump at the base of her throat. It's thyroid cancer. Um, she was how old at the time, sweetheart? 32, 34. 32, 33, or 34. <laughs> and uh, anyway, my stepmother, who was a theatre nurse, spotted it in the kitchen, saying, you've got a lump at the base of your neck. She goes, oh, do I? Felt it. I got it checked out. They said, you need to go for surgery. It's um, long, you know, a weird, crazy, mysterious journey to find out it was thyroid cancer. And not just that, but they went, they didn't know this pre-operation, but they said it's going to be a three and a half hour surgery. We're going to take the thyroid out and any of those nodules, cancerous nodules that are there. I don't know why I'm itching here now, but it's kind of weird. So sorry. Uh. And so anyway, we go into the surgery and it wasn't three and a half hours. It wasn't four and a half hours, five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half, knocking right on nine hours of surgery and at about the six-hour point, because I stayed up at the hospital three and a half hours, I went out for one walk. I, I was there on my own. I saw the nurses looking a bit weird. And I pick up, I picked up on body language, kind of read what was going on. And I'm starting to get a little bit like something's not quite right. So at the nine-hour mark of the surgery, I see the same surgeon who we'd met with once, briefed us before the surgery, walking down the hallway uh, I was sitting in the waiting room right down the other end of the whole ward, the ward, entire length of it. And I see him and everything on his face, everything about him was not a happy chappy. And this is what came up out of me. Now I'm about to do something. Just pretend there's a shower curtain. Everything's gonna be all right, all right? I stood up, I saw this surgeon and, and about this loud, about this loud, I get down to the end of the ward and he tells me we need to talk with you. Now I'm thinking, what's the mystery? Has she died on the surgery table? Is something terrible happened? <laughs> Is there anything worse than that? I don't know. I was just like, my mind went there, but as I stood up out of my seat, that came up out of my spirit. Real interesting, eh? And I know why now. Because I needed some, g'day, Brad. <laughs> just snuck up on us there, didn't you? Get on you, mate. How was France? Was it good? Bonjour. I needed, I needed, 
I needed strengthening. I needed strengthening because he was about to tell me there's an issue, your wife isn't speaking. The other the whole side of the tumors went right up, and then we've had to put a um, what it was called, sweetheart? Tracheostomy on her own. Um, she's not able to breathe on her own, speak on her own, swallow anything on her own. Um, we're not sure which way this is going to go. So that one 60 second of that heavenly language, it was a total journey. And by the way, I would wake up after that um, about three months of not eating any food and on this tracheostomy and, and them telling us there were other cells they found that went down into her chest. I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning with bad pictures and bad dreams. That was after the surgery. And this is what I'd do at two o'clock in the morning. I'd get up out of my bed and I'd go into the lounge. Just remember, just think, shower curtain. Now, what I understand now is this mystery language, okay, got me through those moments, got us through those moments. And I didn't know this, but secondly, I needed to get past my natural thinking. I was having dreams of her in a casket. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night with a picture of her in a coffin. That was after the surgery. It was the most bizarre thing. So I'd get out in the lounge and just begin to pray in this heavenly language. Two, three o'clock in the morning and pray and we'd take communion and just believe God that He was gonna have this thing sorted together. And by the way, I didn't just pray in this heavenly language here on a Sunday. It was a Tuesday and a Thursday and a, you know, it was just, just what I needed. And then thirdly, the third thing, like I told you, I believe as I was just praying in this heavenly language in my lounge, down that corridor, I believe the Holy Spirit is doing what Romans 8 says. In the same way, the Spirit intercedes for you, taking groanings and words and utterances that you don't even know what they mean and translating them into just what you need with God. Basically, the heavenly language is your ultimate stance of faith and trust. Because it's going beyond logic, it's going beyond the mystery. Um, see, if you are totally needing to have every mystery sorted, wouldn't that make you God? Why can't you just be humble? Why can't you just take some humility and let Him be God? Why can't you just let the mystery be out there and walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit? But some of you here have received this gift, but you don't use it. Did I need to wait for a cancer journey for that and to use that? No, it comes out of the most weird places, guys. I've had it at the gym. Just like literally, you know, I'm trying to be like Nathan Jeffries and I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, shikira, ba, ba, ba. No, that's a joke. But I, I, I will literally have it at the gym. I'll literally just be anywhere. There was a good amount of praying in this heavenly language yesterday. Just, just connecting with God. And the cool thing is, I just know that He's strengthening me. I feel strong here today. I feel strong because I've been asking God with human words and English language, but I've been praying in the Spirit. I've been praying in this heavenly language. And some of you have got lazy with this. You've got lazy and you shouldn't. And it's a trap of the enemy because he doesn't want you strong and he doesn't want you cutting through that barrier. And he doesn't want you either um, dealing with topics that only he can translate to God. Sometimes if I, yesterday I was praying, I did a couple of laps of the circuit just praying, praying for us, praying for today, praying, praying, praying. Best thing about prayer is you cross this line of asking God for stuff and suddenly you know that you're with Him. It's the best thing. It's like, oh, I'm with you. We're together, Lord. And we always have been, 
But I've been through this heavenly language, been able to cut past some of that soul stuff that tells me I'm not with Him. He's not here. Whatever, all that, all those lies. So I'm walking and I began to pray in this heavenly language. And do you know what I reckon the Holy Spirit was doing? Just speaking to the Father saying, tomorrow, Father, we're gonna give all these gifts away in the service. We're gonna give gifts of the Holy Spirit to people. We're gonna give special gifts to people who need it. We're gonna give stuff that they've desired this, but, and we're gonna stir stuff up. I reckon the Holy Spirit was, I was just bananaing, you know, but the Holy Spirit was saying, and, and people are gonna get real strong in me this Sunday. They're gonna just feel built up. They're gonna feel like they can go do what they need to do. And you don't, your heavenly language doesn't need to sound like mine. And you don't even need to do it like mine. And by the way, I don't do this around people who don't know Jesus, really. It's just weird doing that. If, if it's a mystery in a language I use before God, who am I trying to impress? I just stand in who I am in God with people and speak a language they can understand. There's other moments they might be in the service like this and a language breaks out like that. The Bible teaches that it can be a witness to other people. Absolutely it can. But I tell you right now, you will not make it through the purpose and the mission and the days ahead if you're not able to strengthen yourself. Don't rely on me. Don't rely on your connect group leader. Don't rely on some, someone else. Strengthen yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. You better to pray five minutes in the Holy Spirit than anything else before you start the day. And you're free and you're strong and you're believing. And I know God wants to move today. So we're gonna finish like this. Are you ready? I'm gonna ask God that the Holy Spirit would be given out in this way, according to what Paul said, that I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And I'm gonna ask God to do it. And He may do it instantly. And some of you just might feel come up and out like that. Fine, good. You might wanna practice your bananas and oranges and whatever else up here. Or you might go away today and begin to do a journey begin to just speak them out. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. I just believe today. God just wants you to be strong. How many people want to be strong in the Lord? Very good. Very good. Well, let's pray and let's believe and let's get this worship team out here. And uh, someone grab this. I've spoken long enough and we're going to pray for some people. And by the way, this heavenly language won't be the only gift that God gives today either. There's going to be some other gifts that uh, take place. What do you need to do? You just need to be open, open up your spirit, open up your heart. You just, if you can, you need to be able to get past the logic of the moment and just, and just open yourself up to God. The Holy Spirit came. I'm going to get you to stand in a minute, but it's this posture on the inside of just being at peace, relaxed, but saying, Lord, I need your spirit in my life. How many feel like this is a good word today? How many people feel like, does anyone feel a little bit curious about this word? Like, oh yeah, I could, I could, yeah, I could, I could try this. Might be many years on. Might, you might not, not be nine. Just believe today. One of our kids got tongues, hey, just out of the blue. Two of them down at Get Smart. They were just at the conference, like young teenagers. And they were like, Mum, Dad, I got tongues today. It's like, well done. <laughs> and then um, Beck was like, oh, what does it sound like? Give us a listen. So they did a little live demo. Like, that's it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. Come on, activate it. You've got it. Pray in the Spirit for your family. Pray in the Spirit for your business. Good to see you, Dave, that you're well. Bad infection in blood, was it? Blood infection, serious. But you're here, you're healed. 
We're praying for you. It's awesome, my man. So good. So important. God's going to touch you, Dave, in a powerful way this morning. You're going to do some things. You're going to put some new edge and sharpness on the gifts that are already in you. It's going to be the biggest advantage you've ever had. You're just going to know that you know. Speak. I just speak that into your spirit right now. You will just know some stuff in God that you haven't known ever before. And don't worry about what you feel. That's partly your soul. If you feel things, good. Just receive it. It's a heavenly language, people. And it's yours in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Can we We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, 